This is Tim Plester from The Game of Thrones, and it appears as if you're listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Three, two, one. There's sheep in this world, and there are wolves in this world. And I know that you two boys are just two weary travelers who lost their way. So, we're going to clean you up right with a baptism. I'm more of a baptism by fire type. Okay. Come to my wrestling school and become a badass. That's what he wants to do with the rest of his life. Yes, it is. You let a half-naked boy with Down syndrome who has no idea how to get along in this world just slip out from under your nose. You two are close. We are. Well, then you'll figure out where he's at and you'll bring him back. Are you following me? Maybe we could be friends and buddies, bro dogs, and chill. Have a good time. You sitting at wrestling schools, Maiden? Yeah. One long road leads all the way down. I'll drop you there then. I'm looking for a missing person. Have you seen him? A little man and a lamb. Make your girlfriend back there, Eleanor. Two bandits on the run. Oh, yeah! Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party. No, not party. Zach, you have a young boy with Down syndrome in the middle of nowhere. All right, well, while you've been doing paperwork, we've been doing something called living. Oh, man. Tell her I'm going to give you all of my wishes for my birthday. I made a promise to him. Give him that wrestling school in Aiden. No, we're not going to hop on your yeah. little raft okay. and cruise around down the river. It's, hey, Eleanor, I don't want to go home. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. So how far is it? Not that far on the map. Are your fingers to scale? Yep. I think it's time for us to go back now. We could be a family. Friends are the family you choose. Wrestlers got alter egos. You need a name. Falcon. Peanut butter Falcon! My next guests are the writers and directors of the current film, now in theaters, The Peanut Butter Falcon, which is easily one of the best movies of the year, and it might even restore your faith in humanity a little bit. Please welcome Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. How's it going, boys? How's life? Hey, it's going really, really great. Yeah, great. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Derek. Yeah. So, so during the course of this interview, right, I'm going to tell people why I love this movie for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to sum it up really quick using Shia LaBeouf's words when he was interviewed. The interviewer asked him, he said, why should people see the peanut butter Falcon? Shia was straight to the point and he said, we got more heart than any other fucking movie out there. I promise it's authentic, heart and powerful. It will move you. In a roundabout way, that's the most direct way to describe the peanut butter Falcon. We should put that on the poster. Yeah, yeah, more what, if, what if Shia LaBeouf quote was on the poster starring Shia LaBeouf. That's really right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, your, your story, so I find that when I did research for this, for this movie, right, it's the movie itself, it's the story of how it got made, and then it's how all the actors feel afterwards. I feel like it's like layers upon layers, 
And this wonderful story just keeps getting better and better and better. So just if you guys could talk a little about that. I mean, your beginnings were not easy. Um, and you had to have some faith in humanity a little bit. And, you know, talk to you about the early struggles that you guys had. Yeah, I mean, to, to echo what you're saying, there's something special, a good uh, energy surrounding this film and something looking out for it. It's been really fantastic. I mean, from the beginning, like Tyler and I and Zach were all sort of um, nobodies. Like, you know, we didn't know any famous people or didn't have agents or managers. And um, at the beginning, we're, we're all sort of ready to do something a little bit bigger. And we've known Zach for a long time and thought he was the best actor we knew. So when he asked us to sort of work with him, we're like, of course, that's a great idea. Let's do it. But there were so many roadblocks. You know, there's not a lot of people in Hollywood that want to make a film starring a guy with Down syndrome. Mm. You know, there's there's uh, we heard countless times like there's just not a marketplace for that. So it took a lot of faith on Tyler and my part to like write the script. Just say, say we we can make something that's digestible and entertaining and that's perfect for Zach. And then there was, you know, like you said, things that opened up along the way. Um, after, you know, producers told us that we needed to replace Zach with somebody that was an able-bodied actor, and we said no. You know, there was sort of a, a bunch of dead ends there. We went and shot this proof of concept, basically a trailer, to show what Zach could do as an actor and what the movie would feel like. And uh, started sending that to like actors' DMs. You know, like we didn't we didn't even have managers and agents that could go directly to their agents and managers. So we hit up like Josh Brolin on Instagram um, on December thirty first. I don't know, this is maybe three years ago now. He said, "I want to help people this year," and we hit him up and we're like, "Hey man, we'll take some of that help you're giving away." And within ten minutes, he wrote back and said, "That's not what I was talking about. I don't want to do everybody's indie film." But uh, he watched a proof of concept and said, I'll help you. And from there, we were able to call, you know, the producers of Little Miss Sunshine, um, who who made also Nebraska an election. And said, you know, we got a film with Josh Brolin. And they read the script then and said, oh, my gosh, okay, we really respond to this. And door after door after door opened. And, you know, we ended up making a film with some of my favorite actors in the world. You know, like Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson and Bruce Dern and John Hawks and Thomas Hayden Church. Like, it's crazy. But also, we worked at it for a long time. You know, it took five years of just ramming our head through closed doors until they were open. Yeah, and that's a great answer because, I mean, the process, I was going to ask you about Josh Brolin. You had mentioned that, and it's it's the, you know, the, the people that step forward. But then again, you guys... And it's a good thing. You guys make a wonderful team because, you know, you guys clearly, from what I've read, you know, when one person got down, the other would kind of step up, lift him up a little bit. I mean, that five-year span, it's just, it had to be grueling for you. I mean, before all this happened, even before the Brolin part, before the other guys, you had to be wondering, is this really going to go anywhere? Is this, because I know you guys meet Zach at uh, Zeno Mountain Farm. Is that, do I have that part right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And for those listening, what is Zeno Mountain Farm? Just so people know, it's a, it's a you could describe it much better than I probably could. Yeah, it's, it's a community of people with and without disabilities. You know, making art, being good to each other, um, sometimes playing sports, and um, that's what it is. I think some people describe it as a camp, but it's almost more of a community, is what it feels like. 
Yeah, and then you guys say, you know, you vow to write this script for this amazing man, right? I mean, and just some of Zach's background, you guys obviously know all this, but for those listening, he's the first full inclusion Down syndrome, I think, in Florida. He's a leading man. He worked at a movie theater, um, acting class, you know, dance class, leading man, as I mentioned. Most importantly, your friend. Um, he's <laughs> he's really made me want to reevaluate my life. And, and am I doing enough in my life? I mean, this is a pretty incredible man. Yeah, I mean, he's driven. He's well-trained. He's, um, you know, it's interesting as we go out and we take this movie out, the, the lack of understanding that the general community has about the capabilities of people with different abilities, and, and specifically with Zach Down syndrome. You know, I have a good friend who watched the movie and said, oh my gosh, like I just didn't even know that people with Down syndrome could have goals or get frustrated. You know, like I just thought they were kind of happy all the time. Mm. Um, I'm just like, yeah, no, they're complete human beings, and there is a lot of range in um, high-functioning, low-functioning, but there is, like, an elevated ability, in, in especially in Zach, an elevated ability to be present and emotional, which are two of the most important things um, in acting. So, you know, he's, he's uniquely qualified to, to be an actor. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's so well said. And when I watch these other interviews or do research and I hear the cast talking about how authentic Zach is and he doesn't know how to lie, he's incapable, he's just this wonderful soul and he's judgment-free, it's, you know, I feel like, and I'm not being over the top here for people listening, he legitimately changed a lot of lives for people on that cast that didn't know him before filming. Yeah, I think Zach comes in at 100% with everybody. Mm. You know, he's, he comes in and he says, nice to meet you. And he doesn't say it, but you can tell. He, he just loves everybody that he meets. Right. And I think that's disarming in a big way. Like, when I come in and I meet somebody, I'm sort of sizing them up. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, okay, are you cool? Are you not cool? Are you going to help me? Are you going to hurt me? And I think Zach, in the way that he's just all loved, very quickly got the whole cast to a very vulnerable, open, and safe place. You know, there's uh, something special about the way he led that set. You know, he was he was number one on the call sheet. He led the culture. Right. Um, we provided space for him to lead that culture because it, it spills over from behind the scenes into the scenes. And, you know, Tyler and I were very open to that and sought that out and wanted to make it, you know, very similar to Zeno, like a community where people could feel or work through stuff that they needed to work through. Because if that's happening in their lives, it happens on screen as well. So, yeah, yeah like you said, change changed a lot of lives out there. Yeah, and it almost seemed like, and I'm going to get to him in a moment, but it almost seemed like Shia wasn't ready for it. Like, And I mean that in a very positive way. Like, I mean, who is ready for that type of honesty and kindness and authenticity, right? I mean, like you mentioned, in life, we're always sizing people up. We're like, you know, what's this person all about? Whereas this gentle soul of a human being is, you know, I'm just 100% honest, just this, just this great force of, of positivity, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think gentle, but also steadfast sometimes. It's funny, we've been going around doing Q&As, and people have been asking, hey, will you, uh, will you show me the secret handshake? There's a secret handshake in the movie. And he just says, nope. No, that's, yeah. that's for me and Shia. That's our, that's our special thing. <laughs> so, you know, like you, Zach is a guy, he is has a beautiful soul, but also you can't make him do anything he doesn't want to do. He's very centered. 
and I know, yeah, I lived a little bit. I have to tell you, both of you, like whenever anybody asks me a question like, you know, what do you want to do today? Or, you know, you know, my, my answer for the last week has been party, right? I mean, that's all I've been saying to people. So uh, that's one of the best ad lib lines I think I've ever heard in a movie. Yeah, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget watching him do that and knowing immediately. I was like, that's, that's it. We're good to go. So as as, as directors, when you hear that, is it like, that is just gold. It's, I mean, it's unexpected. It's out of nowhere and bam, it's right there for you. I mean, that's, that's gotta feel pretty special as directors, you know, for both of you. Yeah. you know, it's really interesting. I've been thinking a lot because we get a lot of questions about our, our style of directing and I guess I don't think about it much because it's just who we are so it's, it's hard to know what our own style is but we really cultivated, that was the plan, was to cultivate an environment for Zach to be his best self so when he said it, I was super excited but it was it was always the plan to go in and basically create an opportunity for Zach to be the best and Zach's one-liners are so phenomenal. You know, like even he says... Uh, so long, Jasper. Stay cool. <laughs> like, I, just, and, I didn't write that. And, and there's a great line, and I'm, not, I'm going to be careful what I reveal here because I, I this is such a special movie. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But there's a scene where he, him and Shire are in the water. He's being dragged, and there's a there's a line he says once they get on shore that I that just completely fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, so I did want to say a few things here. You know, I, I'm looking at this movie on a whole, and I, and I have to tell you, I as special as Zach has been, I I have not stopped thinking about Shia's performance so we, since we saw the movie last week. Like it is, it was just so from. I don't want to say out of nowhere because he's one of the best actors on the planet, but it's it's just it was just so moving for me because I feel like I I don't know I feel like that's just it was you can't fake that it was so genuine and from the from the heart. I don't know. I haven't seen a performance like that, boys, in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, Shia, of course, like, we were drawn to him completely. You could tell on set, in just as simple terms, he means it. Mm. You know, when he's in there, he means it. And the preparation that he does allows him, you know, he's he's not, very similar to Zach, he, he doesn't seem like, he's acting in there it seems like he's living it mm. and I think that's that's a lot of where the the connection comes from man he is he means it yeah every take too that's the thing people don't know like if you can edit performances and you you know you get three four or five takes on something and you go cobble together a pretty good performance Shia was nailed in every take yeah. every take at any time you can cut to Shia and know that it was going to be great yeah, yeah you, you you said it from the heart is perfect and you know <clears throat> the wrong I, I feel like some actors are born for certain parts and certainly that's the case with both Zach and Shia here <clears throat> you know and I have to say you know it, it, they're in the wrong hands I just feel like this relationship would never have succeeded right because it never feels patronizing it never feels forced and like you mentioned it just feels like and it, and it is true that these two are just good friends it just it felt like that the entire way and and, it's, and and that's what just is the spark I think here. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. You know, it's uh, it's really it's it's it was so cool to get to experience that and live that with those guys and see them connect. You know, it's it's really something I was just reading a little earlier today was like how they were like these writer directors they um they never treated Zach differently and they always treat like treated him as an equal and you know it's phenomenal they went and did a script that like captured that I never ever really thought about 
that because I guess it's just from us. You know, it's sort of confusing to be like, well, how does it, it feels that way just because that's how we treat Zach anyway. Right. So I think the set felt that way and Shia felt that way and we all, we all treated Zach the same. Um, so it was, uh, it's cool to be like, oh, I guess the thing that we always do normally, like when, you know, like just writing our friend a script, um, we wrote it like he, like he's a human being because he is. Right. Whereas I'm, it's, it's almost confusing when people are like, how did they, how did they, uh, how did they ever write a character that's, three-dimensional that also has Down syndrome. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's so weird to say that you couldn't. Well, it's interesting. The, you know, the lack of, of patronizing energy is edgy in its own way. You know, as we were going around trying to get people to make this movie, there was almost a, an energy from some people to be more patronizing and that, you know, if, if uh, treat, treating Zach like a real person was edgy in its own way. You know, like Zach... Sometimes he'd be hanging out with us, and he's like, "Did you make me a sandwich?" And just be like, "Zach, you can make your you can make yourself a sandwich." I know that. <laughs> like, you know, like go make like go make a sandwich. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that are just used to being like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with white gloves and be extra soft with this human," which is interesting because in our in our you know we've talked to a lot of special ed teachers and um, people within the community, you know, Special Olympics and best buddies, and like that. And you, you probably saw it in the second act of the movie. Like, that can be just as limiting for a person with different abilities as bullying can be. You know, you, like, if you go too easy on somebody or you go too, you're condescending, you don't treat them as an equal, everybody feels that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's well said. And, and yeah, I never for one second, it never appears as if he's getting, I mean, he, he's part of the cast. It's just, it's just the way you guys treated Zach is the same way you treated Dakota, same way you treated Shia. There's nothing but a, a sentiment of friendship and the way Zach speaks about the two of you. Um, it clearly, he clearly feels that you're his friends as well. I mean, it's just, it's very natural. There's nothing. I mean, I don't know how people could even question anything for a, for a, for a second, you know? Yeah. So, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about, because there's, there's so much in this, you know, um, what, what was the for five? You have this, these struggles that kind of appear along the way when you're when you're filming the movie. Um, how important is the trailer? So you you mentioned proof of concept and I'm glad you cleared that up for me because I was going to ask you what that was. I mean, but for the trailer. Yeah. Right. So no one sees the five years of work or even longer that you've put into this. So how important is the very first trailer released for the public who doesn't know the backstory, who doesn't know the actors, who doesn't know the hardships you guys have kind of been through? So how important is releasing that trailer? And are you involved with putting that together or is that something that's done by a production or how does that work? You know, it's interesting. When you make a film, there's so many people that are involved from, you know, set design to clothing to editing. And then when you release a film, there's a whole new set of people. And I think, you know, trailer is important, but I also know that there's some things that we don't know. Um, so Tyler and I, there was a whole marketing company and distribution company called Roadside Attractions that has done this before. And they put out, movies like Mud and they put out Manchester by the Sea and I think there's just like if Zach improvises a great line on set it doesn't matter where the idea comes from so long as it's a great idea so our job is to sort of tune into is this a great idea that works for the story or is it not and um, with the trailer it was the distribution company's um, job to make that trailer and we were able to weigh in a little bit and say like oh turn these screws but they know what's going to get people out to the movies more than we do. 
So just trusting them just like we trusted our actors or trust our DP. That being said, is it important? I would argue, and I've made this argument, the trailer is actually the most important. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and I have to say, you know, you, you talk about the trailer and we, we talk about, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Mud because I was so close to saying, you know, the cinematography has that feel, but these two, Mud and, and, and the Peanut Butter Falcon, couldn't be any more different, right? I mean, but it does have that that, that nice, you know, cinematography to it, that feel to it. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the, the trailer's a home run. Um, you know, and for those listening, and you haven't seen the trailer, that's absolutely must see it, as is the movie. Um, you know, I hear Huck Finn, I hear Mark Twain a lot, but, but truth be told, guys, this is just a story about friendship and family and you know, love and kindness and selflessness and chasing dreams. And it's, it's got a little stand by me. It's got a little Shawshank with red and Andy's friendship. It's got everything. Yeah. To it. I mean, it's not, I, I don't want to say, and I, and I don't want to mean this in a, in, a, in a negative way. Right. I hear Mark Twain a lot and that's a nice compliment, but it's so much more than that. You know, and I, I hope that that makes sense to you guys. No, no, it does. I think we, you know, we get the comparison a lot because there's, there's a raft and there's a river mm-hmm. and there's humor mm-hmm. and there's and there's drama. And it is really cool to be spoken in the same sentence as somebody like Mark Twain. But it is just ourselves, you know, and like whatever comes out is uh, is a, all the influences that that we've had over our lives. And, you know, Tyler grew up in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, so he knows about crab fishing. And, you know, he, we knew that... We never thought we were going to get money, so we knew we could go and borrow boats and shoot that story. So, like, we couldn't make something set in a mall because we knew we wouldn't get permits. So when you're writing, it's a lot of what can you get, what feels good, what do you know, and um, where do you want to live for five years? You know, we knew it was going to take us a long time to make this movie. So emotionally, even when you're writing, what do you want to picture? I love rope swings. I love the thought of sailing into the sunset. just feels good, and we were drawn towards that. But it is. I think it's its own thing. You know, sometimes I hear like, oh, it's an adaptation of Mark Twain. It's not. It's just it's an original story that we made with our friends. Yeah, well said. And I just want to vaguely talk about, I mean, there's some scenes in this movie, and I'm not going to get specific, but the Trans Am scene going down the road, the shotgun scene, the party, the, even the convenience store, the fire at night, the birthday wishes, the baptisms are kind of underrated here. Can we just talk about that, how fantastic those scenes unfolded? I don't know. I just... That's what I'm saying. This movie is just, it shouldn't be pigeonholed into Mark Twain, and I get why, but it's so much deeper than that, and there's so much to this. Yeah. You know, I mean, Thank you. this is a movie where, I mean, one minute I'm laughing hysterically, the next minute I'm hiding my face from my girlfriend because I'm sobbing uncontrollably. It's, and, and that's the effect that this movie has on people. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really glad you enjoyed it, man. It means a lot. It's cool to have it. You know, for so long, we just were working on this movie in a room and sometimes with an editor, sometimes with a music person. But to have it out in a thousand theaters right now and know that like there's somebody in Chicago watching this or Salt Lake City or Phoenix is really cool. Do you do you take it as a compliment? And I hope you would. The two of you when actors are on record as saying, you know, Shia said this was a hard one to dismount when, when shooting was over. Actors were disappointed to leave the set. I think Dern and Hawk say to you, he goes, you know, movie sets usually aren't like this. That is a testament to not only how you guys run. I mean, the movie itself is phenomenal, but the creation of the movie, not not all. And like they said, and I've had many of actors on the show, it's not always this way. And for them to say this way and the way to compliment you on the way you run a set, that's got to mean the world to you. Yeah, I think you never know how a movie is going to come out 
And the thing you can control the most is how it is when you're making it, the experience of making it. And I think Tyler and I, you know, sort of, we, we don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot of, like, like, what we do have is our experiences and, you know, like I said earlier, caring caring about something. And I think we are, some, some of the actors, when they were leaving, they're like, hey, you know, like, sets aren't like this and your next one probably won't be like this. This is really special. And our response is, no, our sets are like this. Like, our next one will be like this because we care a lot and we are willing to, to be reckless in, in pursuit of truth and enjoyment and being in the moment. So it does mean a lot when they say that because I'm glad that the movie came out, but I'm also glad that the experience was fantastic because that's, that's all we had control over in that moment. And I got to say, and another fanboy comment, um, Saltwater Redneck might be the best name in cinema history after Luke Skywalker. I mean, it is legitimately one of the best names in the history of cinema. Like, And he nails that part. My God, was that a great part of that movie as well. Yeah, that's yeah, really rad. It's, uh, I, I come from a hometown uh, in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and again, we were just writing what we thought we could get for free. So there's a man named Mikey Wilson, who uh, wrestled and went to wrestling school and uh, had one big professional match in my in my high school, and his name was the Saltwater Redneck. So we thought originally we were going to get him to play that role, but uh, we ended up getting Thomas Hayden Church to do it. And when you have so many people of like such ranging experience, I mean, I don't want to give it away. There's two cameos by two WWE wrestlers, and for those who haven't seen it or don't know it, I'm not going to say it. But that really caught me off guard. Not only it was so great to see them and how how they blended into your scenes. But they were so convincing and how not that I expected differently, but it's such a I mean, for a wrestling fan, it's just such a treat to see them on screen and they add so much to your movie. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really common to uh, and, and I would and I would expect differently as a, as somebody who is a, a fan of cinema and stuff like if you told me that Jake the Snake gave a beautiful nuanced performance in a film. Uh, starring alongside Oscar-nominated actors, I would probably tell you to fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, it's like there's no, there's no way that happens. But you know, Jake the Snake gives a very nuanced and uh, subtle um, performance as as Samson, and it's pretty phenomenal. I think those guys, you know, what we're used to is seeing those guys go very big and very theatrical, and and so we asked we asked Jake to do. Um, something grittier and more honest and uh and he did he, you know we were talking to him he just told us straight up he just said i know what you want and uh and he came in and did exactly what we wanted didn't yeah. really take much direction from him yeah and i'd be remiss if i did not mention the cinematography nigel bluck does a fantastic job i mean the music is phenomenal I mean, when i go to a movie i mean that's those yeah. are two of the more underrated aspects of a movie how pleased with were you guys with i mean because you're familiar with the i mean i was filmed in georgia i know from you're from north carolina but uh, how how pleased were you with the, obviously the cinematography, music, and how much oh. how, how involved are you with that with with both of those? Well, we're extremely involved in every single aspect of it. Right. Uh, everything. Um, Nigel Buck did a fantastic job, and you know we had a, we had a very clear idea going in what we wanted. Um, and that, Nigel is you know a phenomenal DP and cinematographer. Him and his wife did it together, so we had a two camera unit. Uh, Jack Fitzgerald was his wife. Um, and uh, music was a, one of the most important things to us. You know, the, when we were writing, we wrote to songs. Those songs then were played on set via boombox before 
we were shooting the scenes while we were getting ready for the scenes and then those songs, most of them, I'd say 80 or so percent of them ended up in the movie, you know, like Yola, Tango, Green Arrow, um, all this, all these things made, made it in. And, uh, and then that also being said for the very end song, we couldn't find something that felt like it was just perfect. So Mike and I and our friend Parker wrote the end song. And, uh, and so that's, uh, an original, an original by Mike and myself and Parker Ainsworth. Yeah, and I want to be careful how I phrase this next question. Um, I thought I read this about the ending because I absolutely love the ending. I I thought I read where executives wanted it one way, and I'm so happy that you guys got your way and the way it unfolded the way it did. Was that ever a thing? That's that's so funny because I heard that uh, just recently. I've heard that a couple times. I think the Internet is a tough place to sort out truth. But no, the executives, it had always been in the script that way. And for the people listening, um, I'll let you fill in the blanks after you watch the film. But there's a way the, the film ends with a bit of a surprise, a bit of like, a, oh, a bit maybe of, of the word I would maybe use is relief. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Mike and I wrote that script on spec. We never had anybody uh, ask us to change anything in the process or, or after we had written it. But when we were in the edit process, some people have brought up it might be an interesting idea if, you know, fill in the blanks, uh, because you could kind of edit around that surprise. And Mike and I were very um, steadfast in the world, the character, these people, they all deserve to, uh, they all deserve to see a second chance together. And so it was a, it was a big deal to, um, to keep it the way it was. It's, uh, and, and also I think that, the, you know, viewers, we hear, I heard it, you know, even just today three or four times on instagram and facebook messenger how happy they were at that moment and what a relief it was and i think it's really common right now with writing and film to sort of take a sad uh fatalistic maybe nihilistic approach is the word but uh, mike and i are not like that we have a lot of uh, i think we roll with a lot of hope uh, and a lot of uh, acceptance of the moment and choosing to make that moment beautiful even if you're floating away on a raft of trash and you can't afford a boat and that raft of trash can actually be really beautiful and so uh that was important for us to keep it the way it is yeah absolutely beautiful and uh, how many times yeah. have you guys watched the movie with audiences uh i've probably seen it 30 times with audiences it's it's uh it is a phenomenal thing to sit with an audience and not tell them you're there and you know, something we hear a lot of is, wow, I've never heard an audience. And, and, and also, I've felt this. is 30 times, out of 30 times we've done it, you always hear clapping at the end. You always hear cheering. You hear, like, audible laughters and sighs and gasps. And um, that's something that I haven't really, uh, I haven't experienced as, as a film goer in quite a long time. I think our, a bit, there's a bit of a default to um, sort of just let it, let it happen and not really participate with it. And it is really nice to, uh, something about Zach, I think his character and the film, there's something about it that people just truly want to cheer for. And I think that's nice to go in a theater with a bunch of strangers and people you don't know and have a common, uh, vested interest, which is Zach's well-being and his hopes, dreams, and desires. And it's fun to hear everybody, you know, no matter, you know, race, color, creed, or age, or, you know, what color, whatever it is, it is nice to see all these people truly getting on the on the train and, and of, of Zach being a hero. Yeah, and not that you guys need perspective, because you clearly don't, but, like, I mean, the fact that you're there and you hear that, 
does that I don't want to say does it make your hardships worth it because it clearly because the movie does that but is it is it that much more I mean you, you probably answered most of this but it, it, it's got to be that much more gratifying right it's got to be yeah of course yeah I mean I think we succeeded you know I think what we succeeded as storytellers and that's a big deal so you can audibly hear your audience cheering and clapping of course it's a huge thing you know it's um right now it's um it's a funny it's a funny balance of like i feel very uh, satiated in the moment and i'm very grateful for all that's happened and we're still kind of in the fight of our life over here you know like we're we're coming up on sort of this bigger opening weekend and we want people to see it and you know uh we want the word to get out but it's a it's a fine balance you know we don't have a a huge um, P&A budget, essentially a budget. We don't get to buy a gazillion uh, commercials and we don't have, um, you know, we don't have billboards and, you know, we're sort of just this word of mouth film and that's really where we're relying on, uh, we're relying on the, the people and the audiences to go in and and cheer and then tell their friends and then to go cheer and then tell their friends. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fine balance. I don't feel at all uh, ready to rest, but I do feel very grateful that it seems like the film's working on people's emotions and spirits and heart. Yeah, and I feel like it's picking up a lot of steam too. I really feel that way. And you know, I have a few more questions okay. for you guys. Thank you so much for giving me a half hour of your time. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, you got it. Yeah, hit us, hit us with one or two more. Yeah, you know, and, and I have to say, you know, um, you mentioned hope and humanity. You know, uh, it's led by Bruce Dern. Kind of, incur- I mean, it's it's all these like examples. Dakota kind of going on the journey with it's. It's it's filled with hope, and for those of you deciding what to see this weekend, I mean that right there is it makes it worth it alone. And let me ask you, and I know I had the uh, the writer for Green Book come on before the award season. I said you're gonna you're gonna win an Oscar, yeah. you're gonna win an Academy Award. You guys don't want to. I mean, I'm in a Golden Globe. You're not gonna want to hear this, and I know you guys don't look for awards, right? But <laughs> I know, and I'm not gonna jinx you. I'm not gonna say it, but they might be looking for you and Shia and Zach. Um, has that even creeped into your head or is that like, if it happens, great. If not, whatever. You know, I'd be a liar if I said I hadn't thought about it once or twice, so mm. I won't say that. Um, uh, of course, you know, as, as a filmmaker, and I'm only speaking for myself, but, you know, so as a filmmaker, I think that's the, that's the top of the mountain. It shows that you did the work, and even to have people recognize your work and say, you know what, maybe, like, you know, maybe this could even, even you saying that is a really big deal for us, um, and thank you. Uh, that being said, that, you know, of course, like, I have no expectations. I'm really just truly in the moment and sort of saying a prayer that people see it, you know? Like, I'd rather have a bunch of people see it than uh, win an award and nobody see it, you know? It's, it is, it, we made this, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, like, we made it for you. Like, we made it for your audience. We made it, I made it for my mom and I made it for my dad and mm. my community in my hometown. Mm. I made it for Zach and I made it for his his you know, his family and his mom. And so like, that's, I think more where like my energy lies is, uh, I'm certainly not sitting back being like, man, we might win a piece of gold. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, more just, I'm really just going, man, I hope, I hope this weekend, you know, even I get nerded out on the numbers and it's not because of a of, of money number. It's because that's a clear representation of how many people went to see the film. So I get excited about being like, we're in 1200 theaters anybody can see this right now and i think our word of mouth is working and i'm saying a prayer that i'm saying a prayer that this this you know that that people keep going and you know that that's super exciting and uh wherever that leads 
that it'll lead there, and you know that's not an, that's a, there's a higher power sort of at, at, at kind of controlling that because that there is something nice about what you know that thing that the awards or whatever is. I have no control over it, and if I have no control over it, I probably shouldn't put much thought into it. So yeah. But I'm going to tell you, the, 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 the writer for Green Book said the same thing. And I said, you're going to win. And I called it. And I'm, ca- I'm calling it for this, too. And the one thing I really love about awards in this situation is that I think it'll spark more interest in the movie and more people will see it. That's the byproduct of awards. That Not so much, yeah, the piece of gold. Yeah, that's great. But I want yeah. I want people to flood to see this movie. Like. I don't go on the I don't go on the line for many things, boys. I'm putting everything on the line for this one. I really think people should. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that uh, really means a lot. That really means a ton. Yeah, we we you know I, I I do think it's such a funny thing. Like we built this, and I said we built this one. Like we built it to get better with more watches too. Like it is a sort of film. Like you know, and I'll and I'll fill you in. Like there are very subtle details that realistically you probably didn't get on your first, second, third watch. That like even I'm like. Like there's things that I've never had people bring up to me that, that I'm like I can't believe no one's picked that up yet, you know I can't believe nobody subtly grabbed onto that detail of that thing, but you know like there's um and I'll, I'll kind of let you in on, on one I've told one or two other people not via podcast but like there's subtle imagery like even like do you remember uh, WrestleMania three where uh, uh, Hulk Hogan slammed uh, body slammed Andre the Giant Oh I remember that like it was yesterday absolutely. Yeah, that's that's our own version of the atomic throw. You know, like that was big news when I was a kid. That was like this, like like people came into third grade and they were like, "Did you hear the news?" You know, so like there's all these subtle references <clears throat> to things that, like, you know, if you listen to what characters say, and I won't give you too much, but if you listen, if you listen to what these characters say, they say what they're going to do. They like they they tell you what they need. They get what they need. We do it subtly via imagery, like. We we weave this together that like even on your second or third watch like I bet if you just call me like hey is that what you were going for I bet like yeah that's actually what you're doing <laughs> so it's it's a it's a there's a lot of nuance we're really asking our audience to like do a couple things you know we say hold on and let go in the film it's easy you hold on and let go and there's a reason that line is in there and it's powerful I believe it's because we're asking our audience to to let go and enjoy the ride. And hold on and, and appreciate. There's a lot of nuanced details in here that, you know, there's like uh, biblical imagery and 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 there's um, you know like uh, there's uh, spirituality uh, narratives that go much deeper than um, even I could care to talk about on this podcast because it, it might make it not feel as great. There's um, there's references to uh, really uh, much greater things. There's a lot of stuff going on here that I think that. You know, when we wrote, we really wanted the audience to, like, you know, there's a reason at the end that people are telling us that they cry. They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I cry so hard at the end. And we're like, we cared about, like, the reason Tyler's shirt is a certain color is there's a reason for the color of his shirt. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for the, like, the shoes he wears and the way he wears those shoes. There's a reason for, like, the names of these characters, you know, like, there's all, there's, and there's a, and it ties subtly and subconsciously to like a lot of little details 
So it, it is like it is when uh, as a, I, I think we're, we've done a really great job directing. I think we've done a wonderful job in edit and shooting. But as writers, I'm like, oh, man, there's so much in there for the people. You know, there's so much in there for people to grab onto. Yeah. And that atomic throw is one of the best scenes in the movie. I won't say too much about it, but it's just accumulation yeah. of all this. All Zach has gone through and it's just such a wonderful moment. I mean, people smiling ear to ear in the theater. And that's where I'll be tomorrow at 240 yeah. seeing it for the second time. So. Guys, I just yeah. want to wish and call, you... Give us a call if you want. If you want to hear, if you got any questions, like, hey, is that what you were trying to do? Like, you know, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, even, like, you know, like, Tyler uh, works on a boat. He's, he works around boats. He can't afford, you know, like, he can't afford his boat. Like, it's not even his boat, it's his brother's boat. There's a wrecked sailboat in the dunes. Like, boat, boats represent a lot, and tides and winds represent a lot, and how they carry us along in this world and this life. And and then he tries to steal a boat, and this thwarted via his, his thievery, you know, or thwarted from stealing the boat and then has to build his own boat out of just trash mm. and how that becomes in some ways his own spiritual salvation. Like they, they don't need anything but each other and it's just the trash around them. And I think that as humans, it's really common to like, man, if I only had a little bit more, I could be really present. If I only had a little bit more, I'd be happy. And it's like, well, what do we got right now? What do we have right now available at us? All right, we have, you know, to us, we have a couple barrels and some scrap wood. Oh, look at this. This is really great. You know, and it's funny because, you know, I've read once, like, I don't believe that they would go sailing on a raft. You know, like, that's not a nautical, uh, a nautical, uh, a, you know, a, a ship built for a nautical adventure. And I'm just like, that's the whole point, man. You're not, nobody else is supposed to have done it and you're not supposed to believe it. You're supposed to let go and you're supposed to accept that, like, most people don't just accept what they have around them. They're always looking for more, but sometimes it's nice to sit still and just sit with the people around you and share your cell phones off and, and just be in, some, be in some good vibes and some love and not need anything else. Be satiated. And, and that is so well said. And that's kind of what I'm trying. I'm, I'm saying it a little bit as a fanboy, but I'm saying a lot of it as somebody who just loves the giving. And you mentioned all these themes, like all these little moments, but it's so true. And it's it's the giving nature. Like I said, I mentioned Bruce Stern. You know, I, even the like little things like the convenience store guy giving him whiskey. Like you basically need this more than like it, the movie is filled with giving and kindness and humanity at its best. And uh, people, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough. I, I don't want to sound repetitive, but Guys, I am so happy for you. You're you you guys deserve this more than anyone. Um, I, I oh, can't. Thank you. They are. Well, you know, there's a, there was a there was a man that said one time, and I think it was a really beautiful thing he said. He said, "You can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you just might find you get what you need." And I think that this film embodies that. They are Tyler Nielsen and Mike Schwartz. You guys, I'm telling you, the Peanut Butter Falcon this weekend. And I'm going to tell you, when I went to the theater, guys, it was packed. This uh, it was last Friday or Saturday. It was packed, so let's keep that momentum going. Let's let's get people into this, and let's you know what a wonderful movie experience, guys. I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. I appreciate you. Yeah, it was really great. It's nice to talk to people that are really thoughtful with their questions, and and it was like a pleasure to talk. Yeah, I enjoyed this this conversation immensely. Thank you so much. Yeah, my girlfriend never cries at movies, and when she when I saw tears in her eyes, I'm like. Home run. So, guys, I wish you nothing but love and success. <laughs> I wish you nothing but love Got and success it. moving forward. You're welcome anytime, guys. Best wishes. Thank you. Please send all your birthday wishes, and we, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Right, bye. There's something in the way you roll your eyes. 
Takes me back to a better time When I saw everything is good But now you're the only thing that's good Trying to stand up on my own two feet This conversation ain't coming easily And darling, I know it's getting late So what do you say we leave this place? Walk me home in the day tonight I can't be alone with all that's on my mind mm-hmm. So say you'll stay with me tonight Cause there is so much wrong going on outside There's something in the way I wanna cry It makes me think we'll make it out alive So come on and show me how we're good I think that we could do some good mm-hmm. Walk me home in the dead of night I can't be alone with all that's on my mind mm-hmm. So say you'll stay with me tonight Cause there is so Can't be alone with all that's on my mind Say you'll stay with me tonight Cause there's so much wrong going on Walk me home in the dead of night 